Hey, what it do, sports fans? Welcome to the Sports Live podcast brought to you by Multimedia Live. I'm Sboom Jigeliso, your host, and I will be joined by various guests on this exciting new podcast to discuss the latest ins and outs of the sporting world. What it do, loyal listeners of the Sports Live podcast? What I've got for you this week, my goodness, great conversation with Henry Olonga, none other than the former Zimbabwean fast bowler was forced into exile after standing up to the late statesman from Zimbabwe, Robert Mugabe's regime back in 2003. We caught up with Henry Olonga. Obviously, the conversation was for New Frame. It was first published for newframe.com. You can go there and get the full article where Henry Olonga talks about how he is quick to tell people that it's not as if he derived any pleasure from seeing Mugabe's death, and that happened earlier this year. Henry Olonga was one of those cricketers who stood up for what was right. In the end, during the 2003 Cricket World Cup, which was co-hosted by Zimbabwe and South Africa, Henry Olonga had to take flight. Yeah, he had to take flight and leave his country, somehow find a way to get to South Africa, get his way out of the continent where he ended up in England where pretty much his cricket career died and he no longer played a professional cricket and he had to find other means to live and survive and I think his tale is one of the most inspiring tales you will ever hear. Of course it's very easy to put together revisionist history after the man Robert Mugabe has died, died at the age of 95 but it's also important to hear from the people who actually lived it, who actually lived through Mugabe's regime, through the Zimbabwe that was supposed to be 40 years of freedom and independence since 1980, and hear from them about what the state of our neighbors, uh, the country that is our neighbor, what the state it was in and how they lived. And to hear from someone that now lives in Australia and Adelaide, has two kids, is a stay-at-home dad, who also somehow appeared on a singing show called The Voice and was training worldwide. I think that is an important voice to share with people. And we have the full conversation. And like I said prior, the article you can find on New Frame. Dot com. Go to the sports section where you will find that Henry Olonga felt no pleasure when Mugabe died. But here's a full conversation with the former Zimbabwean fast bowler. Well, we've got Henry Olonga via Skype on the line right here for the Sports Live podcast. Now, Henry, we know you from having made a very, very brave protest. Some might call you a hero for standing up to Robert Mugabe's regime. Obviously, I'm talking about the events of the 2003 Cricket World Cup that South Africa co-hosted with Zimbabwe, where you, as well as Andy Flower, a former Zimbabwean cricket captain, put uh, black armbands uh, ahead of a game, um, ahead of Zimbabwe's first game of the World Cup. And uh, uh, I just wanted uh, to catch up with you and find out, just have a chat and find out uh, if you've uh, managed to be home since those uh, events, since 2003. And obviously we know that Mugabe lost his power not too long ago. And um, obviously he had passed away this year. 
Have you been home at all? Have, have, have you touched the land of Zimbabwe since you had to flee for your safety and uh, go into exile in 2003? Oh, oh no, I haven't been back home. I haven't been back home. Um, and and might, if, if I might just make a comment about your statement about me being a hero. I, I always get very nervous when people use that term with me because I'm reminded of the kinds of people who lay at the hero's acre. And uh, I know I'm not one of them. I, I certainly am not one of the people who ever end up there. But when a guy like Chenjerai Hunzvi is there, uh, I use the word hero very sparingly, you know. So, um, I look, at some point in my life, I decided to make a protest against a regime that I felt was not doing its best for its own people. And uh, I paid a price, and I still, to some extent, pay a price today. Um, there are all sorts of people I interact with on social media platforms. And it's quite a weird thing when uh, members of the public have the barriers taken out of the way where they can have direct access to someone, um, especially someone like me who tends to be kind of somewhat private but at the same time public. You know what I mean? I, I, I'm happy to interact with people, but I really keep to myself a lot of the time. Um, but in any case, the majority of sentiment out there is not very positive towards me. Uh, whenever I have interactions with Zimbabweans, especially Twitter, Twitter is very public, and you know I haven't done the the maths on the statistics, but at a guess, I would say slightly more than fifty percent of people on 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 the platform are always gunning for me, man. <laughs> you might you might say some very complimentary things, but there's some other people out there who've just got nothing but but abject, uh, you know, just just hatred and a bile to spew my way. Um, you know, normally, normally on the internet, you'd call people like that trolls, but I don't, I don't, I really don't think these people are trolls because I don't think they're trying to annoy me. I think they genuinely think that I was mistaken in my protest, that I was deceived, that I, you know, I was led astray, or or what have you, and that I was, you know, siding with the wrong team or something or the wrong people. Um, never giving me credit for being a free-thinking human being who can make his own mind up about the leaders of his country. Um, and, and, and so, um, I, I think I'm very flattered by you saying that I'm some kind of hero, but, but by the same token, I'm brought down to earth on a daily basis whenever I interact with other Zimbabweans who have a differing view to yours. Yeah, that is incredible. You know, you'll find that on uh, social media, uh, a lot of people uh, will definitely use uh, the mic. Um, it's, 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 it's an open mic and it's not necessarily given to people with the most rational views in the world but i do get your reservations about you know not wanting to be branded a hero because that does leave one um to a lot of interpretations especially like you said um you know people the hero status might have been tainted because of some of the people that have been put on a pedestal by populist views and and stuff like that and you know the sad part is that um we live in a world where we actually don't recognize uh, people for making courageous stands uh whether we agree with them or not we we can't sit back and actually admire the work that they've done and the sacrifices that they've made and you henry you've made quite a lot of sacrifices leading up uh to this point and i want to delve deeper into uh that tournament and and, and those events uh that led you to end up in exile. So um, tell us what happened as soon as you got to the UK, because career-wise, you pretty much stopped playing, and you played roughly around 80 
international matches for Zimbabwe as a fast bowler, uh, who could uh, probably nudge a bit or see himself as a bit of a nudger. Um, and uh, we we then saw you later on uh, singing um, Trending online, actually, as one of the contestants on The Voice, whereby you regaled one Miss Kelly Rowland, yeah, her of Destiny's Child. What an amazing performance that was, first and foremost. And we didn't even know that you had that in you. So uh, take us back to the moment you arrived in the UK, having fled the country for your safety uh, via South Africa, and you got to the UK. And uh, what you'd done most of your life was uh, play cricket. And uh, yeah, tell us about the journey from there. Yeah, well, you know, when I first went to the UK, I, I got involved in, with a cricket club called the Lashings World Eleven, and I was with them for about nine years. And we just basically travelled around the UK primarily, um, playing at cricket clubs and schools, and and the odd county team here and there. But my 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 role in the side changed over over, over the years. First of all, I was a player. I played a lot as a bowler and a somewhat hack of a batsman. Um, we weren't playing the best of opposition, you understand. And then I kind of moved back into commentary. Uh, and then I, I started singing um, at lunchtimes uh, because a lot of our matches were fundraisers. We, we, we helped people to raise money for charity, etc. So um, we, we often had a marquee with, with corporate you know, tables bought by people, companies, etc. And so as, I was part of the entertainment. And so I did that for about you know, nine or so years. And, and, and then it kind of spun off into me singing a lot more here and there in the UK. And then um, we emigrated to, to Australia. My wife's actually Australian, so she's from here, from Adelaide. And we started a family. We had two, two daughters, uh, 2010, 2012. And so around about 2015, we decided to come home, as it is in the case of my wife, and, and settled here. So uh, it was while I was here, I was you know, asking myself, what do I do next? Of course, I've, I've moved once already from Zimbabwe, started a new life in England, and now I've moved again and started from scratch again. So I, I, I fell back onto a lot of the stuff I, I did in uh, my post-cricket life, and, and I started doing after-dinner speaking and, of course, throwing a song in there or so, throwing a song in here or there. And eventually, uh, one of the things that happened was I was invited to be uh, involved with a charity, and that charity was doing a fundraiser and that fundraiser happened to be with the South Australian Police Band. So I sung with a band, and then my my video uh, or recording of some sort got onto the internet, and then someone from The Voice got in touch with me via emails asking me if I would be willing to partake in their show. I, th I thought it was the, the England version initially because the email came from ITV.com, so I assumed it was the England side of things. So I apologized and said, well, I can't do it. I'm in Australia. And they said, no, 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 it's, it's, it's the Australian one. And so I then went through the rigmarole of applying, of course, and uh, the rest is history. So I went to the blind, of course. I, I, uh, I turned three chairs, ended up with Kelly Rowland and uh, survived for three shows and then got booted off. Uh, so it, it's that kind of show, you know, if, if your coach doesn't really uh, believe in you, they, they choose someone else. So I, I guess that's what happened. And uh, so I I came home and I've started, you know, uh, venturing more and more into that world. I, I'm hopefully producing some music that'll 
get airplay soon. And when I say airplay, I mean YouTube. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not likely to be on radio. Um, but um, I'm also doing a concert coming up uh, with the Adelaide Symphony Orchestra. And then after that, another concert with the police band. And then after that, one with the army band. And then another with the Adelaide Harmony Choir. So things are picking up. Um, but I'm still not able to say this is my job and I earn a living from it. Um, I'd like a few more gigs. So, you know, with that in mind, I'm, I'm always, you know, open to, to singing more. Um, there might come a time when I'm turning opportunities down, but at this point in time, that isn't the case. So what do I do with myself? Well, I'm a stay at home dad. I, you know, I, I deal with the kids. My wife uh, is a full-time, uh, teacher. So she, as it were, earns the bacon, and I, in typical musician fan, try to fulfill my dreams by making music, being broke most of the time, and trying to sell records, you know. Now, Henry, this year, you know, did see um, the the passing of the late uh, Zimbabwean statesman, Robert Mugabe, and I know we are engaging in a bit of revisionist history a little after the fact, but... I would like to know from you what your actual feelings were when you heard the news that Robin Mugabe has passed away and having passed away in, in a manner that, you know, a lot of people would find a little bit of a disgrace because he did not find sufficient health care in his own country. One might say he was culpable for the decline of the health care system in Zimbabwe. One might also go so far as to say that there was a lot of embarrassment in the way he bowed out of power, having been backstabbed by one of his key allies, Emerson Mnangagwa, who is now uh, the president. And, uh, and, and he ended up uh, voting for uh, his uh, opposition, the Movement for Democratic Change. He voted against his own ZANU-PF party, at his last election, which uh, is kind of symbolic of how far down he had um, he had fallen in, in in terms of power, so so badly trying to cling on to power that he hated his own party. But I just want to know from you, as a person who received, you wrote in your book that you your dad even gave you a call saying that you need. You need to run to safety. Uh, there were people telling uh, your dad that your life was in grave danger. And um, there was a point where you thought you, you might be uh, arrested, whereby you might be charged and tried for treason for that unbad protest. And as we know in Zimbabwe, treason carries um, a death sentence. And that is the fate that you were facing and uh, when you heard from Adelaide that uh, Robin Mugabe has passed away what went through your mind and what did you feel if you can just tell us and, and, and get the emotions of it the thoughts and uh, whether you know there's any cause to celebrate well it's an interesting question and, and you know I'm very very quick to tell people that it's not as if I, I derived any kind of pleasure from it because a lot of people think that I would have had some sense of relief or some sense of closure or some sense of uh, justice. But um, I, I have no idea what your listenership is, but um, some people may know that I'm a very committed Christian. And um, I'm also someone who's very vocal about my faith. And I'm also 
I would consider myself somewhat of an evangelist, if you will. And 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 I, the charity I mentioned earlier that, that that I did the music for and sung at their concert is called Second Chances SA, and uh, it's a, it's a it's a it's a charity that works in prisons. And we, uh, I often travel to prisons, the two main prisons that I speak in, and I speak to the prisoners about turning a new leaf and changing their path and and you know rerouting the path of their life. And uh, ultimately, for me, I I've always understood that the message uh, of hope that the universe offers to anyone is that you can truly turn a, turn things around. You can be a murderer, you can be a, a thug, you, you know, you can be a thief, you, you can be a violent man, but if, if, you know, if you're willing, you can be changed. And ultimately, the sadness for me is that Mugabe probably died, a, a, you, know, you know, a man who took all his misdeeds with him to the other side. Now, um, he left behind many victims too. Estimates range from 30,000 to many tens of thousands of people who were murdered uh, under his command in the early 80s in Zimbabwe. So he has a lot of blood on his hands. But it, it gives me no pleasure for the death of a man like him because I know that what awaits on the other side is not pleasant for anyone and you would not wish it upon your worst enemy. Having said that, um, you know, I certainly hope that uh, for all of his victims, it brings them some kind of closure. You know, he didn't face justice, however. You know, if in a funny kind of way, he died a very uh, embittered man in a foreign country. He couldn't even die in his own country. Whether that's a testament to the, 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 the failing healthcare system he left behind that couldn't even treat him or whether it was because he felt so hurt that his, uh, his deputy Mnangagwa took over from him in a way that he felt was a backstabbing move. I'm not so sure, but it's kind of weird, isn't it, how towards the end of his life he did some things that were very telling. One of the things he did was he voted in his last election for the opposition that he'd fought for 20 or so years. I mean, that was just the most extraordinary thing when I, when I read about that that Mugabe was endorsing the MDC um, in his last election that he, he voted in. And um, in addition, you know, he, 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 he tried his hand at farming and he failed at that. So for all his uh, moves to talk about giving, you know, land to landless blacks and empowering them, probably one of the wealthiest men in the country could not make farming work for him. Isn't that quite telling? <laughs> and he, just, he died a bitter man. You know, he went to the grave um, just hurt by the fact that he was, in, in inverted commas, backstabbed. And yet the weird thing is that's what, <clears throat> excuse me, and the weird thing is that's exactly what he did throughout his life. Throughout his life, he showed no mercy to anyone who opposed him. Um, I'm in exile because of Mugabe. Um, he effectively made it untenable for me to re to stay in Zimbabwe if I wanted to stay alive or if I wanted to live a comfortable life, uh, you know, that, that didn't result in me being imprisoned for some crime I never committed. Um, so, you know, you reap what you sow. And um, Robert Mugabe has a legacy that is very divisive. People on social media were, were on the one hand, very happy. Other people who were supporters of his were very sad and broken. There was the argument about whether to bury him 
um, at the Heroes Acre or at his home village, and then Malema st- stepped in. I can't believe that a politician from South Africa can have such power that <laughs> he got the government of Zimbabwe to cede their demands of putting him at the Heroes Acre. And then, of course, the whole thing has come to an end. Now, one of the things I'd like to see, however, is his wife face justice. Um, you know, she she ultimately uh, uh, did, did some uh, terrible things to a lot of people. And, it, you know, that if that arrest warrant is true, I, I'd be one of the people who'd be very happy to see her face the law in South Africa for what she did. My goodness, fascinating, fascinating insights, Henry. I really, really appreciate your time. And, um, yeah, that last bit you said uh, about... You know, uh, Grace Mugabe having to come to South Africa if uh, indeed um, the assault charges were true. She would definitely need to face justice, but uh, we obviously don't work for the Justice Department. But we can only put our opinions out there, which is what this platform is for. And I do appreciate your views. Very, very important and uh, very uh, uh, sober views and and. I really think that a lot of people will listen to this who will read the story that is uh, on newframe.com will soak in the information soberly and put aside some of the social media diatribe, if I can put it like that, and really, really take in the information and possibly even learn something from this conversation. But I have to say, I've been utterly fascinated and I really, really appreciate your time, taking time out from from your life in Adelaide to talk to us via Skype. That's it for me, Spoom Chigeliso, and you've been listening to the Sports Live podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Do also catch us on timeslive.co.za as well as Sowetan Live, Business Live. We are also on Iono FM, the Apple Podcast Store, or wherever you get your podcasts. It could be Spotify, Stitcher, Castbox, Pocket Cast, wherever. To connect with us, please use the hashtag Sports Live. Share your comments with us at Times Live or at Sowetan Live on Twitter. A big thank you goes out to the multimedia live team led by Scott Peter Smith and producer Paige Muller, as well as the Tiso Black Star Digital Sports Department, headed by Mninawa Michana Njogo. Our sound and audio mixer is Innocent Manike. From us at the Sports Live podcast, it's goodbye for now.